0: So there are actually two extracts that come to mind when I think of increasing the flow of oxygen to the brain, and they happen to be ginkgo and olive gemotherapy extracts. The similarities between these extracts end as soon as you see that each offers a very unique support. So today in this um, podcast, we're going to be talking about ginkgo and what supports it has to offer. And I'm Lauren Hubilet. I'm a healthcare educator and a gymnotherapy expert, and I'm here with two amazing colleagues. Um, Terry's an herbalist, and she's um, in Minnesota. Welcome,
1: Terry. Good afternoon, Lauren, and hi, Megan, and everyone joining us. I'm so pleased to see you.
0: And I, uh, we also have Megan Limp with us from Missouri. <laughs> That's right. Hi, Lauren and Terry.
2: Uh, I'm Megan Limp. I'm pleased to be with you all. Thanks for joining us. I practice acupuncture and body work and gemotherapy in St. Louis.
0: Beautiful. So Terry, I want you to tell us about the tree and I just have to share real quickly. My first experience with a ginkgo tree, I was really small and my father was on a construction project at UC Berkeley and they were putting in a botanical garden um, there and they were planting ginkgo trees. of course, I was small, so that was probably 50 some years ago, and I remember him bringing home this tree and telling us what a magical, mysterious tree this was. And to this day, that's in my mind, and, so, and yet I don't know what all those magical, mysterious things are. So I'm looking forward to what you share today.
1: Well, thanks, Lauren. Uh, I would agree with that. I think once you see this tree, you don't forget it. It's unique in its shape and features. It is the only species in the only genus of this family. And going further, in the only order, in the only class in this family. So it is considered a living fossil. It was around at the time of the dinosaurs. Ginkgoaceae is the name of the family. And we know that it was around at least 200 million years ago was thought to be extinct in the wild, but it had survived in a couple of provinces in eastern China. It's deciduous, resinous tree. It can grow up to 120 feet in a good condition, in a good spot, but most likely it's about half that size in most places where it's being grown now. Um, It has alternate or clustered fan-shaped leaves. And again, you'll notice the leaf if you see it. It's kind of split down the middle with the stem that attaches it. Some might say heart-shaped, I'm not sure I would describe it that way. It has a long stalk, the cut or the divide in the middle of the leaf, um, with a little edge there. And then it's it's male catkins or male flowers are catkins. And the female flowers are actually attached on a long stalk called an ovule. And that long stalk usually has two of these little flowers, one of which usually matures into a fruit, a plum-like fleshy fruit sometimes compared to an apricot or a plum type of fruit. And it's a fleshy rind, enclosing an edible white nut. That fruit is very putrid smelling, to most Westerners anyway. It has quite an odor, and for that reason, most Western nurseries no longer sell the female plants, just because it's kind of considered a nuisance. And they fall, and they're messy on the sidewalk, has to be cleaned up, and it stinks. So. Um, but in, in in the Asian countries, those nuts or fruits are actually a dietary specialty. They're very precious delicacy. They're used in rituals like wedding banquets and things like that. Um, so they, they use more of the fruit or the nut or considered the seed in their medicinal preparations than we do in the West, where we use mainly the leaf as a preparation. Um, The nuts should be handled carefully. They contain an oil that causes dermatitis in some people, but that's common in a lot of, lots of plants have that sort of feature. It is considered sacred in Eastern Asia where it's often planted near the Buddhist temples. And we have found fossil evidence about 270 million years old of the leaf of the tree. It's noted for its longevity and its resilience. it was interesting to read about the fact that some biologists and botanists feel that this stinky fruit was really part of their dispersal system for this plant. That fruit attracted some kind of animal that wanted that and then would eat it and poop it out somewhere else. So now we don't have those same animals, dinosaurs and other, plant, other uh, plant-eating Extinct, extinct animals, excuse me. So we're uncertain what animal, if any, is still doing that dispersal, but it's very dependent upon human intervention to keep this tree going. I think that it is very adaptable. It survives in areas and settings where it does not get a lot of oxygen. And by that, I'm meaning they plant it very close to concrete all the time. Mm-hmm. whether it's a parking lot or a sidewalk or you know a bank or so it, the, the roots and the plant itself thrive or survive on very little oxygen so that's kind of interesting cement barriers yeah. and so on. Yeah. yeah okay
0: i'll table that for <laughs> a few minutes there what about historical uses of this plant or any folklore that you've come across
1: Well, this plant is really indigenous to Asia, China, and then via China through Japan. Um, So as I said, it's a link to the dinosaurs. It's said that it takes three generations to mature to the point where it will produce a nut or a seed. So it's often referred to as the grandfather grandchild tree in parts of Asia. Buddhist monks brought this tree from China to Japan and to Korea. Many of the trees in Japan are. Estimated to be over a thousand years old and some even older and Then we say that a German physician discovered air quotes discovered this tree around the 1700s and he sent seeds back to Europe we have um, poets and and You know authors that have written about this tree Um, Goethe is one of them that has written a very famous poem about the ginkgo in Japan this, this is very personal to me because I was in Japan in the year 2000 as part of a Fulbright Teachers Memorial Scholarship Program, and I visited Hiroshima on Thanksgiving Day. It was Thanksgiving Day for us. I was in Hiroshima that day, and I was taken to Hiroshima by a Japanese math teacher who knew another person in my group and um, offered his services to take us around the area. I'm gonna start crying when I think about it. Um, it was very touching because Takafumi said, I'm leaving you here. Just know when you go in the Hiroshima Peace Memorial Museum, you will have no words. And you will have no words when you come out. And he, he said, I also have no words when I go in there. Hmm. And it was very, I thought, well, what is he talking about? But it was very true. We went in and after going through that museum and being some of the only caucasians in the museum it was um it, it was a mind life-altering experience is all i can say very very touching and we while we were at this program not necessarily in hiroshima but while in tokyo we had the distinct uh, opportunity to meet one of the survivors of the bombing And he had written some books and so on, but he recalled the day the bomb dropped. And he was a school child at the time Mm -hmm. and talked to us about that. But he urged all of these American teachers to go see the ginkgos, go see our ginkgos, because four of those trees were really the only thing that survived that bombing. And they're still there today. So that was was quite, it made a big impression on me. Um, they think that this tree signifies endurance, hope, the need for peace and reconciliation. And every one of these trees is surrounded with plaques with prayers from people all over the world. Mm-hmm. And as you dig a little deeper, then you find these funny cultural things about the fact that they have hairstyles for men and women that are named after the ginkgo tree. <laughs> and you can even find them online. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, and one last thing is they've found that this tree does have some fire retardant properties. So sometimes it's planted where they want to protect a city or or something else just to have that barrier sort of thing this tree will re- retard any fires that come near.
0: Wow, wow, This symbol of hope and reconciliation. That's beautiful, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that, Terry. Is, is there anything that you believe is significant about the tree that would give us reason to look at it medicinally?
1: Well, as I said, they use mainly the seeds in the Asian countries and they use it for, an, uh, excuse me, a digestive aid, and also to suppress the effects of alcohol consumption. And I got to witness that firsthand. Everybody's going out drinking now. Let's have some ginkgo, kind of thing. Oh boy! <laughs> Considered a kidney tonic, and um, it's sometimes used to reduce inflammation, increase circulation, which I think we'll agree with. Sometimes it has been used to reduce the symptoms of psychiatric disorders or dementia, and I think probably because of the circulation part of this remedy, it supports eye vision and eye health, treats migraines and other headaches, and may improve asthma and COPD symptoms. Here in the West, we mainly use the leaves, and our focus has been on brain function and blood circulation when we've used it herbally. Chemically, they know it has a large number of antioxidants and a high level of antioxidants. So I think when we consider this emphasis on circulation, we need to fully examine just how that really impacts every bodily system. The fact that we use different parts of this for different medicines should give us a really strong push in the gemotherapy direction because we're using two separate parts for many different things and gemotherapy has that potential wrapped up all in one thing. So I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yes, that is the beauty of chemotherapy. It does bring it all together in one place. Um, so the we're using the buds of the ginkgo tree um, for the extract. And um, this it is seen as a um, its primary um, action as a tonic for circulation. So the interesting, Action, though, is actually to thin the blood and improving circulation in the brain. And like sea buckthorn, like crab apple, it has um, very good antioxidant properties. These protect the walls of the blood vessels as well as the brain during the aging process. Ginkgo, though, as a gemotherapy extract, will improve the movement of blood through the corroded artery and improve the transportation of oxygen so again this idea of bringing oxygen to the brain as well as the peripheries such as the hands and the legs this improved circulation also benefits the eyes and ears as you mentioned terry it's a tonic for the central and peripheral nervous system and um And in that tonifying effect, what we get is improvements of the actions in both of those nervous systems. So that includes nearly everything in the body, right? Because it's touching into that. When I think about who might consider this extract, what I do know is from my understanding is that it's best used for those under 60. So men and women under 60. And for those who are fully grown. We don't see uses for ginkgo in children at all. So I would say young adults that reach maturity in their growth to people up through 60 who may have physical symptoms with the head, ears, or eyes, or mental symptoms such as a lack of clear thinking or mild depression. But I I think, this is where I see uh, there's this duality with, with ginkgo because um, it, there's a disbursement of this with um, the energy of ginkgo, with this um, thinning of the blood and this, this uh, movement in a tonifying effect that it may not Be conducive for everyone. It may feel, it can very easily feel like too much, too much happening at once. And because it's a tonic, um, we we can't turn that dial down. We can certainly change the dosage. Uh, It's my thinking that ginkgo is best paired with some other extracts. And this is something I think um, further exploration in this will help us come to that understanding. And, and perhaps, a, you know, pairing with something like olive that we'll be talking about soon. At this point, we I don't see any acute uses for it. We have used it as a microdose for the nervous system for um, once, and particularly once elimination has been optimized. And why is that so? Well, it's again this... Um, tonifying effect. And, and I almost see it like turning on a hose of the circulation, an uncontrolled amount because of the, the fluidity here. So we want to prevent any aggravations of this. We need to make sure that elimination is optimized. And what it is known to do though, is clear up the thought process and certainly improve mood it's been known to help those with vertigo with hearing difficulties and with any eye symptoms particularly those with involving the retina and again i would work with microdoses because of the strong tonifying effect of this extract so a few important things to note is Um, you would not take ginkgo if you've been prescribed blood thinners um, because it certainly has a clear anticoagulant effect. And um, although ginkgo can help headaches, it can also cause headaches. So again, making sure that that um, elimination is optimized. So um, I'll be really interested, Megan, to hear your take on this because I think it will help bring some clarity my idea is you pair it with something like olive or perhaps um common alder to help um with um uh, bring a more harmonizing effect of it but let's take a look at what the asian medicine lens has to offer us from on ginkgo and then maybe we can get a better picture
2: yeah thanks lauren and terry uh ginkgo is such a a uh, magical tree, um, being one of the oldest trees on earth, I had to really stop and think about what it did from a gem perspective, because it's not, you know, there's such a rich history of ginkgo in East Asian medicine, particularly being native to that area, but it is not necessarily the same indications. We know that it's a kidney chronic, um, in Chinese medicine in the way that they use it, and I actually believe that it is a kidney yang tonic also in gemotherapy. Um, its nickname is the ancestor tree. And as I study the medicinal uses of trees with Lauren and Terry, there are certain characteristics of a tree that tip me off about its what the relationship to the meridian system and the body might be. And the age of this tree and its nickname as the ancestor tree guided me right to the relationship with kidney first. Hmm. And then we know that it's a yang tonic because it helps the energy, the chi, rise up, which is the yang in the body. In Asian medicine, when we refer to an organ, we're not just referring to the physical organ, but to a set of functions that we call, in this case, kidney. Uh, kidney is the ancestral energy that we inherit from our parents and our lineage. It's closely aligned to what is linked to our DNA and its function in the body are not just the physical functions of filtering our fluids and helping the body eliminate waste but it also houses the body's essence and produces our marrow which what is that's what gives birth to our spine and all of our articulations but also the brain. The brain is a function of the kidney energy in the body. And one of kidneys primary roles in the body is to grasp and to store almost like a reservoir for our essence, like the roots of the human tree. But then what kidney does is that it facilitates this development and verticality and growth up from that deep rooted stability. So let's go back to this tree analogy and think about the very core or the very center of the tree that takes the nutrients absorbed by the roots and sends them vertically all the way up to the top branch. There are two important functions here, the absorption of the nutrients and then the ability to move and circulate them. And this latter part, this is where the kibiyang tonic comes into play. And this is how I see the relationship of ginkgo to supporting circulation We know that in the body, we need to have plenty of blood flowing to every area, and then the blood needs to have plenty of nourishment. right? That's what is necessary. Recently, we talked about another extract that supports kidney and the blood also, and that's silver fur. And I thought it might be interesting to bring that up just to see the contrast to help us understand ginkgo. Silver fur builds the actual quality or substance of the blood synthesizing the blood cells and treating anemia and really improving the quality of the actual blood. That's a yin quality. That's our ability to store and house, to build the nutrients in the blood. But yin and yang are dependent on each other and only exist in relation to each other. So in order to utilize that nourishment, it has to move, it has to circulate. And that's a yang tonic. Yang facilitates movement, and warmth and spreading and rising. So in this context, ginkgo supports the yang or the thinning and the movements of the blood up throughout the body, helping it to rise and nourish the brain and improve the microcirculation.
0: Wow, wow, that was super impressive, Megan. I'm still in awe of this, tree in that way that it's it, it still holds some mystery for me even after hearing all this and um, I, there's so much more i think we need to learn particularly as we unfold the system of using chemotherapy like where does this really fit and it feels strongly to me it fits after elimination's been improved um, and, and in this microdose form right now, so one to three drops, the, this, this feels uh, right and true, but then I think there's some other potential we probably haven't looked at. So um, thank you all so much for sharing about this. If you want to learn more about chemotherapy, I would love to have you peruse my website, take a look at my blog, my books, or even better, sign up for a class to learn to restore your immunity with chemotherapy. Megan, if folks want to learn more about Asian medicine, where would they go?
2: Yeah, if you're looking for a book on the intro to the philosophy, you can read The Web That Has No Weaver by Ted Capchuk. If you're looking for an Asian medicine practitioner in your area, you can Google NCCAOM and look by zip code. And if you're looking to read more about gemotherapy through the Asian lens or learn more about my practice, you can visit my website at acculamb.com.
0: Great. Thanks, Megan. And Terry, what about trees? Where, can, where are you going to send them this time?
1: Well, I found a very interesting website called ginkgopages.blogspot.com and it is detailing one of the ginkgos in Kamakura, which I also got to visit while I was there, um, that was felled, died, fell, I don't know the exact circumstances in 2010 or 2011. And the Buddhist community there held prayer services for the tree, um, decided to try to revitalize this tree, which comes back to that whole thing. So, they took it down completely were waiting for it to come back from the root they cut a portion of the trunk and buried that and then they also took limbs to try to regenerate and all three of those came back over a period of a couple years and so that tree is still living in fact some of those limbs were given to other people in town and planted elsewhere so there's there's a lot to know about this tree i think
0: Wow. they propagated it from limbs
1: yeah wow that talks a lot about power there <laughs> yeah it was very very interesting nice log about you know how the process went
0: excellent ladies as always thanks for your wisdom and sharing it so generously